This is patient care theory one, unit four, part two C, airway emergencies. So on the differential diagnosis uh, list, we're now gonna talk about um, fractured larynx. So trauma to the anterior neck, right? This is a rare occurrence. When do you think, um, what, what kinds of things do you think might cause fracture of the larynx? Getting hit with something like what? Baseball, fist. Gunshot, stab wound, anything else? Strangulation. Strangulation, maybe. Anything else? Sorry? Crush injury. Crush injury. Yeah, what's your first name again? Brayden. Brent? Braden. Braden. Sorry, Braden. Uh, what kind of crush injury are you thinking? Okay, yeah, get your head stuck in the railing. Fair enough. Yeah, anything else? Uh, Taylor? Never seen it with an airbag. Yeah, un unlikely, thank goodness. Uh, throat punch, I don't get this throat punch thing. Like, uh, honestly, if, so if you're, <laughs> if you're in a life and death situation, if your life, if you genuinely believe your life is threatened, yeah, for a throat punch, for sure. But, um, you know, these incidents of people sucker punching people in the throat, uh, or just regular fist fights where they throat punch that's a lethal that's a lethal blow like if you get if you get a fractured larynx you might have anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour before you die it's that serious it's a hyper rare injury um, but uh, it is a serious serious injury uh, we're coming on winter now and one of the mechanisms we sometimes see is snowmobilers who hit a wire fence with their neck the farmers, farmers don't want them in the field. They shouldn't be in the damn field in the first place. Yeah. The good news is are electric uh, snowmobiles coming out, which is great for the environment. Yeah. Bombardier and Tesla apparently are partnering to uh, produce these electric uh, snowmobiles, which is very cool. Be less stinky. But um, so um, the, the uh, fractured larynx that I've heard of, and I haven't had to do a snowmobiling incident, but I have had uh, patients with fractured larynx before. But the... Um, uh, uh, oftentimes what happens is if the wire hits anywhere at the torso it'll hit and go up and get caught under the chin and injure the neck right? that's what happens typically or it hits them directly on the neck uh, people get hockey pucks in the neck baseballs in the neck wires in the neck they fall on something in the neck um, in the old days before airbags people sometimes struck their neck on the steering wheel you know if they didn't have their seatbelt on they were unbelted uh, the first laryngeal fracture I had was a guy who was driving an old Jeep and uh, he whacked his neck against the steering wheel. He was talking to us, his voice was hoarse and striderous and uh, we took him straight to a trauma center and the anesthetist there said if he'd gone to the local hospital instead he'd be dead in like 30 minutes guaranteed. So, And no emergency doc wants to deal with a fractured larynx. They'll run from the room screaming. They call the anesthesiologist, and even the anesthesiologists are scared to death of this kind of injury. I'll tell you why. So, uh, so mechanisms include motor vehicle collisions, all-terrain vehicles, snowmobiles, sports, trauma, assaults, strangulation, penetrating trauma, gunshot wounds, stab wounds. And <coughs> so there's a problem with airway swelling in the inner airway. The lumen side de decreases. More dangerous in kids because kids have a smaller airway. Uh, so a little bit of swelling can be much more serious in a kid than an adult. 
that uh, complete airway loss is imminent, complete disruption can result in death. So this is one of the concerns, is complete <coughs> disruption. If you fracture the larynx and it's just holding on by some tissue and <coughs> excuse me, anything happens to that tissue and it comes apart, the trachea is like a slinky and it just recoils into the chest and the patient's dead and there's nothing anybody can do for them. Anybody can do for them. They're dead at that point and they're gonna stay dead. Um, so we're really careful about the neck. Um, signs and symptoms include respiratory distress, neck trauma, so obvious redness, swelling, uh, a dysphonia, so they'll have difficulty talking, hoarseness, dysphagia, difficulty swallowing. Um, if they disrupted the, the trachea, they're probably gonna have some air in the tissue and it'll feel like Rice Krispies in the side of the neck. If, if you feel Rice Krispies in the side of the neck, guaranteed their larynx is fractured. That's diagnostic of a fractured larynx. And um, so position of comfort, um, sit them up. I would never put a collar on them. Even though they might warrant a collar, I wouldn't put a collar on them because you don't want anything near that neck, right? Side of the neck, front of the neck, nothing. Um, now you could put rolled towels to the side of their head, but I wouldn't tape their head to it or anything like that. Uh, I would just leave them in position covered. O2, I put plus or minus because if their oxygen saturation is good, we'll, uh, we won't give them O2. Um, if, they're, if they've reached the point where they're apneic or they're uh, having severe difficulty breathing, dyspnea means difficulty breathing, uh, then we might do bag valve mass ventilation, uh, but otherwise we leave them alone. And transport, time of injury to time of definitive airway management is key. Um, an emergency doc will not want to do laryngoscopy and put a tube in. An anesthetist will take a fiber optic camera and it's like a snake with a camera at the end and they'll put that into the trachea and then feed a tube over top of that uh, because they want to see what kind of damage is there going in and they want to go in very carefully. Right? If you poke in the wrong place you can disrupt that trachea or if you poke in the wrong place you can cause bleeding and swelling and none of that's good. Right? That's a frightening injury. So uh, I think we can skip this because we already talked about this. May I ask a question? Yeah, yeah, of course. When we're doing a, a rapid trauma survey, yeah. um, maybe like extremely careful if there's like visible signs of that before touching it or anything? Yeah, for sure. So um, the good news is in, in scenarios, you okay? Yeah, I just swallowed. So, earwig caught in your piriform fossa? Yeah. How did you know? <laughs> of course. No, it's a beetle. I just swallowed like air or something. Well, I hope. Must have been dust or something. Um, so, the good news is they're unlikely to give you tracheal trauma in a scenario in the lab, but, but yeah, absolutely. If they're telling you that the patient injured their anterior neck, uh, or they've got moulage like makeup on there, just uh, if they've got an injury there, I wouldn't touch the trachea directly. I might touch the surrounding tissue to see if there's subcute air, and I would just leave that trachea alone. Yeah. Yep. 10 minutes. Um, I, think, I think we'll stop there because um, it might take a little too long to go through um, anaphylaxis.